this is not going out live um, just because uh, I don't want to actually compete with my good buddies at Hotep that told you, but I've been trying to get with my good buddy Marvin here for like, I think the past, past month and a half. Um, and, uh, and I'm happy to have you back on. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes um, on both the YouTube ch- page and, uh, and just the, the regular sample hour page. Uh, Marvin here, I just want to say a big thank you because I remember when I first started reading Charles Hugh Smith, I had, um, I was wondering why my head looks sideways. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm not slanting my head and it's, it's this camera. Hold on a second. It's bothering <laughs> me. Okay. So I actually, this piece of shit. All right, guys, this is still a new studio here. So, um, okay, here we go. So I, I was sitting in, in the office at my old work in corporate America where I saw your stages of local resilience, um, your PDF. And then I was like, I, cause like, I think for a lot of people, when we come from this world of libertarianism, which was kind of like how I got started with basically just freedom, right? Like I want to have freedom in my own world or as Harry Brown kind of made it famously, like how I found freedom in an unfree world. Um, you know, for me, it was when I saw your, your PDF, it made like the most sense. And I'm actually going to try to pull it up here and we can do like a, a screen share thing. Um, and then I, I'd, I'd become friends with Charles and had him on the show. And I was like, Hey, can you put me in touch with that guy? Because yeah. he seems super interesting. He goes, I tell you what. When you say interesting, that guy is it. And he's like, I can't <laughs> wait to hear you two talk. And it, at the time, you were actually still in, I think you were still living in between D.C. and Japan. I and- had a law firm on K Street. Um, I'm very idealistic. I became a lawyer after a scientist because the patent law prevented problems, solved problems. I walked away from that about three years ago. Yeah, because I got fed up with the globalist takeover of American law. It's been destroyed. Um, the law is not helping people. It's making things worse. So I'm out of there. I I was I love working as a patent lawyer. It's absolutely fun. I made good money. Um, I, I'm now on a small island uh, full time. I was half time, part time before uh, pursuing this self-resilience. Um, yeah, thank you. The, um, there you go. To the, we become free and we escape the matrix on a step-by-step process. And it just it surprised me that, well, first of all, most people don't care because most people don't think logically. But those of us who do um, can benefit from thoughtful reason analysis of where we're at and what steps we can do to make the most of our limited time and resources and i'm trying to put i'm actually in the process of making a website out of this where you can log on and provide your input and see uh what percentage success you are in the you know in different areas yeah yeah get hints yeah well i just i i didn't mean to jump in there but i think for me like the um i'm really still in emergency preparation just to be honest i, I think that there's certain areas where i've gone to easy partial resilience yeah um 
So, like, I, I wouldn't mind going down the list, and I definitely want to talk about this. I mean, electrical energy, this one right here is something for me. I mean, especially as, like, a microgreens farmer. If you oh, wanna... I'm so glad to hear that because I'm focusing on that. One thing I've realized uh, more recently is that energy is the primary resource, and food is a subset of that. Food is the energy for our personal bodies. And used to be most all of our energy in our entire life. Now we're we're using coal and natural gas and oil and stuff, but it's all energy, even food. I mean, we're focusing a little bit too much sometimes on protein and minerals and things, vitamins. In fact, the energy component of food is the most important part of it. I think we need to spend, we tend to think more about parsley and herbs because those are nice and they make us feel good, maybe. But looking at resilience, potatoes, yeah. sweet potatoes, are much more important because of the energy they have. Yeah. So what? So like, I mean, it, I think it's different too, depending on where you're at. Like, I think my biggest thing when I saw this was okay. The easiest way I think to do this is within the city. Um, and so for me, like, I'm just trying to think of like where i am updated from when we first talked and uh and i think before we go we should you should take the camera out and show people your front yard um but not not necessarily now but i think people need to see it why you decided to move out to a remote island in japan yeah um so food definitely so right now emergency prep um one thing like most of my food like so let's say right now for instance coronavirus even though i think it's a bit of a scam um we'll see though i think it's, it's yeah we will see yeah like it's it's interesting there's a, there's a there's a um there's a it's like a a virus scare every election every election year so i mean it's like this one it is That's very a good point yeah i hadn't thought of that yeah it, my take on it there's a uh the boy who cried wolf episode here where they've been trying to jizz up interest in their they everyone wants money so the cdc and their industry contacts have been making up scares yeah there's I think also, this, yeah this is real pandemic bonds there's pandemic bonds right now and i think they haven't oh, they haven't called it. yeah they haven't called it a pandemic yet because they don't want to have to cash out those bonds um and i'll oh. put a link, i'll put a link for this in the show notes my goodness yeah, if I can find it, I'll I can I'll I'll try to pull it up. I don't even. It's always yeah. about money, isn't it? Just it, follow it, the money. It really is, and I think too. Like I started trading as well, like learning to trade options and follow, just so I could follow them more and uh, justify my obsession with politics or just following information. And it it is nice. That's where the Charles Charles Hugh Smith blog does kick in well, but oh. just other other sources too, like just the. I mean, it, when you watch the market and you're like, whoa, there's like a bunch of like the market will be tanking. And then like, what? Right about lunchtime. It's like, why is this going back up so quick? And then I think I think it. there's not a market. There's a scorecard. <laughs> yeah, it's not a market. It's a scorecard. Someone's printing up money and buying up stuff through third party dummy intermediaries, whether it's a Bel Belgian bank, national bank or somewhere else. It's, yeah, I mean, guys like Gerald Salente 
keep talking about let's look at the numbers let's look at you know no it's just a scorecard why why try to come up with reasons for it yeah so what do you think about like modern monetary theory what is that so modern yeah so the idea behind it is it's very counterintuitive um and it's weird because i've heard very intelligent people buy into it um like i'll listen to like macro macro voices um and i'll hear um that guy get different different people on that are kind of you know respectable people in in certain fields and then i also will hear you know we're just like common sense like how is not balance okay don't balance your checkbook spend more money than you make what do you mean keynesian theory it's it's a little bit beyond keynesian at this point oh because the idea behind it is they call it mmt i think it's it's kind of it's kind of come into our universe because of keynesian like it's become a, a a theory because of it but it's basically saying well if governments just print money yeah um and the, and it's basically that there's still faith in the dollar then you know we basically can print as much money as we want but that's why we have taxes and and i don't necessarily think like it seems to be working but i, I think it's it's going to work till it doesn't that sort of deal like the the idea is right now because we still are the only the american banks are the only ones don't have negative interest rates so it's working for us but it's not working for everybody else in the world um either way i think it's it's pretty dumb to just spend a bunch of money constantly but it's it is interesting to see what corona like they just canceled the arnold's fitness expo here which brings in lots of money into columbus oh yeah that's too bad yeah well i don't i I'm still making money. Like it, it was like a bonus. Like I'm at a point to where I'm just selling out every week and we're shorting customers. Wow. But like restaurants I sell to definitely, it was kind of nice for me. Cause I wouldn't, I didn't have to say no to a bunch of people because I probably would have for people that, oh, I see. that area. Um, but you know, so you said Japan's kind of locked down at this point. Well, all the schools are locked down for the month. Um, all the schools are closed for the whole month. A lot of transmission occurs in school, and so they decided to shut all the schools. And many, um, many people are working from home. Um, there's a guy, um, an escapee from Tokyo, um, a guy who works at a large international corporation who was told to stay home for a week. Just at the last minute, he got a plane ticket, came out here, and he's helping me right now. He's a great guy. He, you know, young, intelligent people are all many. Like he's an example. Want to get out of the system? They see, they, they, they sense yeah. what's going on. They want to get out of the matrix, and we're we're here as a catalyst to help make that happen. Yeah, I think. I think I, I kind of am in a way like in a yeah, sense, yeah, I see. In, in a sense of like in the urban environment, it was for me, it was, let me, let me move here because it's, it's the, the, the cheapest way. Like this, yeah, yeah. The Sometimes cheapest. you have to shelter in place. Yeah. So, so in, um, you know, getting, getting back to why, you know, why I wanted to talk to you, I did want to ask you about Corona, but I think it all ties in like, because it's like, oh, I'm yeah. not, I'm not worried because my life's designed in a way that i i don't i go in public when i choose to like i have to go into public but i go and it's not busy i i never drive in in rush hour traffic and if i do 
I know all the non-highway routes to get through the city, so I can still get anywhere within about 20 minutes. Cool. Um, but, you know, so for me, like how I, I started this transition, I mean, like the biggest thing I was focusing on was shelter at first. So, okay, so cash for a mortgage. Yeah. So what I did was I was able to purchase my home. I was the only person that lived in it from the time it was, it was kind of, it was abandoned and then um, it was pretty wow. dilapidated. And then my buddy, uh, he put like 10 grand into it. He got it for like eight grand. And then I lived in here, paid him like 600 bucks a month for two years. And oh. then I, he wanted to, he wanted to liquidate it. He was kind of over, just kind of over leveraged. And so I didn't, I, I got laid off. I knew eventually like the plan was when I get off time, when I, I'm going to go into time Warner and make as much money as I can. And once I get laid off, um, then I'm going to have a business to fall back on. So farming was the one where like, where I really kind of started to figure out, okay, I can make money with this. Okay. So, so what's next? So it's like, okay. Your story is very important because very few people make money at it. You have a lot to teach us. Well, I think the, yeah, I, I, I think being in telecommunication sales for almost 10 years and then oh. transitioning to this was like my, the things I was going to struggle with, I knew was going to be different. So it was like, where most people like kind of have this love, like, Oh, I'm going to play in the dirt and all this hippie shit. <laughs> like I was kind of over it. It's like, you know, yeah. my parent, my mom had a garden as a kid. I hated fucking helping her because it was like, all she wanted me to do is pull the weeds and stuff. But me too. Didn't actually show me what was weed. So I, oh. I pulled up all of her asparagus plants, like not knowing it was like the year they were supposed to fruit. And uh, or you could harvest asparagus from it. And so it, it was like it was something that that for me, like my grandfather, though, really instilled because he grew up so poor in Kentucky and then moved to Toledo to basically get work so he wouldn't starve to death. Um, that's what he would say. Um, and he. He would always say to my mom, like, baby, why, why are you planting those plants there if you can't eat anything from it? So like he was, always, he was just always ingrained like if you know grow food because it's you know it saves you money and it tastes better food. and it's food so he always had beautiful gardens like he had tomatoes he had everything and I'd I'd help him I'd till every year not knowing what I know now and but it I mean we had pretty rich soil where he was at like it was it, so it wasn't wasn't a big deal so I I asked him because he would always say to me well buddy they're never going to make more land. So, and he had money and his whole thing was own land. Like that was like, it's a big hillbilly thing. So I went to him and I said, Hey, you know, can I get, um, I know you said, you know, for cosign, but I don't have a job now. Can you cosign on this, this for a mortgage for me? He said, uh, well, how much does he want for it? And I was like, well, he wants 50. And he's like, well, I tell him I'll give him 43 cash. <laughs> I was like, Oh, okay. Pa. And then, so then I, I said it. And so basically they settled on 45. It was like final offer. It was his next offer and Eric took it. Um, and so he said, buddy, I'm not buying you this house. You got to figure out a way for me to make money. So I was oh. like, oh, okay. So then I just called the real estate attorney. I said, okay, so this is my situation. What can we look at? And he said, well, you can actually create a family mortgage. Um, and actually, I want to step back. So I heard it from my, the guy. So I was going to have a, basically, 
when I, when I was doing that farming, I think it was a year after you and I had first talked. Um, this is because I think we talked back five years ago in 2015. And then, so this is, yeah, so this is 2016. And I basically, um, no, it was 2017 when I purchased the house. So I, I, I went to permaculture voices because I went to a conference because I'm like, okay, I'm going to go learn from the people that are supposedly making money in this and I'm going to see what they're doing and try to learn from them. And then I'm just going to implement wherever I can. And, um, so I went there and I had this whole plan and I, and I met this guy from Connecticut and he was kind of in a situation where he's taking care of his dad, living with his dad, but his dad had a reverse mortgage. So the reverse mortgage was running out. So he was, gonna, so the bank was closing. So he was going to, he needed a place to go. I wanted to go to Ohio because we have great gun laws. Um, and we have a lot of, we have good cottage food laws. We have a lot of laws favorable to being Whoa. an urban farmer. Or being, you know, locally resilient. Um, we have town. We have a lot of townships. I mean, there's a there's an area where it actually, if I could buy another house, because I need to get another house in Columbus to expand. So there's we have local townships, Marvin, where um, you have to have well water, um, and it's really easy to get a well in Ohio. But basically, the city of Columbus annexed every little town or separate uh, municipal government. That didn't have water when they started running water so they would run their water lines they would annex them oh. so the, the areas that didn't annex don't have city water yeah but you can also legally hunt deer year round in your yard with oh a my goodness. so there's like different there's different advantages to living in these townships that's really nice um so i would like to move there one of my chefs actually lives in there but so where i'm at i'm, I'm columbus proper um so i had what's that i'm sorry you're in the city yeah i'm in the city yeah so i'm actually in an area where most of my white friends are afraid to go because they haven't like i'm from toledo originally so where i live is just a normal area of toledo it's not a nicer area of toledo but it's like a working class area but here i mean there, I mean, there is gunshots i do hear gunshots there is gang stuff i'm sure but nobody bothers me I mean, I'm a, I take care of my yard. Um, I know my neighbors. I don't get involved. I don't wear colors. Nobody's tried to steal from me. I get compliments from random people that are on drugs that are walking by through the alley and they see the backyard. Everybody um, loves nature. Everybody. Yeah. And they're like, oh, your garden's so beautiful. Um, and so I, because I, I have wood chips all along. So once it, once it was my house, it was like, okay, there was some transitions I needed to do because it's like, you own this now versus yeah. you're just staying here. Um, and Rich helped me out a lot with that. He kept reminding me and it was like, oh, I have to, you know, I have to grow up now. And so the biggest thing though, for me is what could I do? So my biggest expenses um, right now when it comes to the businesses, electrical energy, oh. um, water, but I have, so there, there are people like my house is so small though. So it's a 700 square foot house. Oh. There are people that will convert your house to run on rainwater. Yeah. They said like with my roof and everything, it probably wouldn't be worth it. And so, and it's and another oh. thing. I'm kind of running into, and so I, I could get some big bins. I think there's still, I still have some options, but 
the biggest, the more expensive one is going to be electrical. And my biggest concerns with the electrical. So, the, I mean, so the mortgage is one thing. The mortgage is very sustainable. It is a cash mortgage. Um, I pay into my family's estate. My grandfather has since passed, unfortunately, but he did get to see my farm and he did. Oh, that's think, great. Yeah, I think he, he went to bed at quite a bit of peace and only helped me get to the next level. Um, but so, I mean, so the biggest issue is, especially in Ohio, with solar panels, oh. is you have a you have a lot of clouds there. I know. Correct. You know, um, something I realized: solar panels are so dirt cheap now. If you use, uh, if you do what I do, um, without all expensive, inefficient equipment, if it's if it's raining, um, you're probably getting ten percent of the sunlight. If you have ten thousand watts of panels, that's a thousand watts. Yeah. You can uh, you can cook something, boil water, you name it. So it's it's probably just good. Like, so how do you? Because obviously, I'd still con be connected to the grid. I mean, I mean, this is, <clears throat> is so. What would you? Would I just want to design a system where it is, um, basically it uses the energy from the solar, and then once it can't, it just uses off the grid. Yeah, I using my using. Well, let me back up for a second. Um, the house I'm in now was a warehouse I re I converted, and when I did the electric, I looked at the AC system. I realized this is a hundred year old technology. It is costing us way too much to use. It's very inefficient. Um, so I had I redid it. I I invented all my. I didn't want to because I have better things to do, but I ended up inventing all my own circuits. Um, so, I mean, yeah. so essentially, if I was going to switch and I was going to use what you're doing, I would I would just say, okay, Marvin, and I would I would want to want to redo the whole house of circuits. Well, I wouldn't do um, <clears throat> for resilience. You always like backup. So you know, like yeah. if here, I utility power is very cheap at night. Yeah. And actually, Ohio, it's very cheap in general right now. That's another thing too. Is like once they uh, deregulated it, yeah. yeah. But it, I feel like I'm I'm not going away from it. Um, but it's it's also when's that other shoe gonna drop? How long is it gonna stay cheap here? Ah. Well, so the other thing is, is the biggest they're thing. making money. They're using the electrical system as a conduit uh, to take your information and sell it, and that's happening yeah. more and more. Yeah, and also they're so they're doing that, but also now the power companies make all their money in transmission. So if you look at your bill, you'll oh. see the transmission fees are where most of the money is coming from. Like most of the money is coming from the transition fees. And they're going. I understand that's that's a uh, an angle, uh, an argument, a tool for them to go after solar electric. If you have solar electric, the argument is you're using their transmission. Well, that and also they are trying to build so because i think what you're doing is you're building a micro you from what what i was understanding with with solar and like so i was taking these ideas a stage of yeah. resilience in my head so okay so what do i need to do so i need to have neighbors home fellow homeowners yeah whether it be the people that control the the land that's being rented yeah. or the people that are living there and own so get get them on 
And then, okay, so let's let's build a small grid of solar between our houses, right? So a little micro grid. Well, no, I, I suggest you take a look at the specific needs and work from there. Okay. Um, I invented a replacement for the 60 hertz AC grid. It's a replacement. And it is such a broad idea that everywhere I look, there's something I can do. I was... I have a uh, a friend in China who uh, I've gone there around seven times in the last two years at Chinese government expense because they're importing technology hand over fist and I'm a scientist. And while there, I've been I've been advertising my technology in a booth. And finally, we found a good a good application. There's so many applications. We found a good application for factory lighting and office lighting, where using my a simple box, you connect the lights and solar panels and utility so that during the day to the extent you have solar power you use it and to the extent the light drops off the utility makes it up in a smooth manner high efficiency and the lights actually are higher efficiency than normal and they're a lot more reliable than normal and thematically the reason is ac is horrible no, no modern appliance likes AC and, and really works on it. And most of, here's an example. Your computer power adapter has uh, power factor correction circuits in it and other, and other components to protect it from the poisonous AC. When I use my system, um, the, power, the, the computer power adapter is actually 10% more efficient because I don't have AC going into it as an example. So there's a really broad concept I have. And so depending on the application, I could provide something that you could use. Now, the biggest, easiest application is hot water. Um, you can put panels wherever you want and just run a wire to it and, and that'll all accumulate as a big antenna to funnel energy into uh, hot water. I, I use um, like, Kitchen appliances that use heat and induction heaters, for example, the electronic device that that uses DC directly. Um, you can bypass a lot of the infrastructure. And what ha what I do is I, I uh, my different electrical boxes will will take energy depending on their priority. So if you have a computer or you know cell phone charger, that's always high priority. And then anything left over during the afternoon, electricity is extremely cheap. So that gets dumped into my hot water heater. Um, the new world that we're entering, electricity is extremely cheap if you're willing to adjust your lifestyle. I have, I built a, electric, a house that's off grid and I have people work away or stay there all the time. And I've had to teach them to use the energy when it's there. I tell them, look, if you want to use electricity at night to heat, to make coffee, let's say, it's like a dollar kilowatt hour when you include the batteries. If you do it during the day, it's like three cents. So when I, I'm, uh, so I'm learning, it's lifestyle change. If you're willing to change your lifestyle, my grandparents got up when the sun came up and they went to bed when the sun went down. If we're willing to um, get more in tune with nature, we don't need all this batteries and inverters, converters, all this stuff. Um, 
uh, the best thing with respect to solar is a crock pot. Again, uh, during the day using, now if you, if, you, if you buy an inverter converter and all this stuff that changes the voltage, when it's raining out or it's, or it's cloudy, those things basically don't work. If you look at the spec sheets on these things, below 20% light, they won't even show you anything. But in fact, using a simple system like what I'm doing, when it's raining out, you get 10% light, your, your crock pot's still gonna, still gonna work. So even if you don't, regardless of the weather, you can always cook food and it's hot at night. You put, you know, the crock pot, you put the potatoes and yeah, onions. Yeah. In the morning, you just wait, you know, and then the evening, you take it out, it's, it's thoroughly cooked and it's hot, even if it's raining outside. Yeah, that makes, that um, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. There's little things like that. I have a, I, I made a little, a little circuit board that connects solar panels directly to the heat pump air conditioner. And I figured out if I, if you jigger a little bit, you go in and look at the thermistor and you put a couple wires on it. You can tell the heat pump to turn off the, the compressor when the sun goes away. And so now you have, uh, when the energy is extremely cheap, you uh, cool your house without spending money on expensive inverters or batteries. Yeah. And in the wintertime, you use it to warm your house. Now, it doesn't work at night unless you use a battery. But even then, if you use a battery, it's still more efficient because you're not changing the voltage. I'm kind of going into the details of what I'm doing with electric. No, no, it, it makes sense. I'm just trying to figure out. So um, I'm trying to apply it to what I do selfishly. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. So tell me what your needs are. Yeah. So know, your electrical needs, and then we can work from there. So my needs, and actually, I, I put you in the full screen, Marvin, so people could see your yeah. front yard. It's really kicking in now. So yeah, my isn't that beautiful. Oh, it's it's gorgeous. Um, we have so many oysters that the the water is always clear, and so it's green. That's and awesome. Blue. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, my front yard is uh, it's I like it, but it's not that. That's for sure. Mine's good in the summertime to sit on the front porch and I can people oh, watch yeah. it, but it's not. Uh, I have memories of Rochester, New York. You know, uh, Albany. Yeah. Yeah. Summertime can be very nice. So, uh. Mainly, so okay, so I'm mainly outdoor with where I'm growing in the summertime. Now, there's there's a crop that I have to keep indoors, um, and that's micro cilantro. It doesn't like oh, it doesn't like it doesn't really like it gets too hot outside in the greenhouse. Um, not and then it's not it's not warm enough or it's not enough sun in the front yard underneath the maple tree. The pea go in the front yard. All the all the brassicas stay in my greenhouse. And actually, I could probably uh -huh. I could probably pull up some photos for you, and and I could show show you what it looks like. Um, but yeah. the a good setting exposure. Yeah. So so in the in the summertime, yes, there's some trees I I I cut down, um, and even I could probably put. So my back house is the the back of my house is east facing, um. And I know there's a Google, there's actually a Google Earth tool that I could use to figure out what kind of light I get on my. Actually, the uh, National Energy Lab, NERL, I think, Natural Energy Research Lab, I think the ones in Colorado, the U.S. agency has a tool for all that. 
you tell them your geographical location and which angle you want to use and which direction. They'll tell you kilowatt hours per year or, or solar radius. So this is here. Let me show you the house here. Oh. So this is the house when it first, is this my Instagram? No, that's not what I wanted. Okay. So this is east side. Yes. Yeah, so, well, so this is the front house. So this is what the house looked like when my buddy bought it. This is what it looks like now. Wow. You can see, yeah. So <laughs> you, you put see, siding on it and a roof. He did. Yeah. So I had to put a new roof on the first year of home ownership. That was, uh, that was a, a nice, nice punch in the face from reality. But it, the roof is, I wanted to get a metal roof, but the company I had didn't offer it. But the roof's like good for 55 years. Metal roof I wanted to go with because it's like good for 100 plus. Um, so those are the, these are the P here. And then that's another look of the P. So it's, uh, so you can see it's all wood chips. Oh, wow. I have, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. I have this nice living. Those are Alpine strawberries. Um, my farm manager loves those. These are all pineapple flavored. There's really no commercial. Really? Yeah, there's no commercial yield for them. Um, just because it's they're so they're so freaking small, but they're great to have just just because they taste good. And I like walking. Oh, interesting. And if I want to grab some in there, and they fruit, um, they pretty much fruit all summer. Um, this was the back. So basically, these have now another layer. Um, for the raised beds, yeah. And that's that's because so my biggest waste product and my biggest expense is soil. So I go through about a pile pile of soil a month. Where do you um, get it? I get it through a local Ohio guy, and he makes uh, it's all organic soil. Um, his name is Ted. It is. I'll put a link in the show notes for people to give Ted some love. But it's this like, is the the west side of the house. This is the east side right here. So oh, this east side stuff. Yeah, so this is where I'd put the solar panels. And I could probably put them on the other side too. Is it only four? Like can, can you put them on all all level all areas of your house? So I need to solar down. panels? Yeah. I recommend see I I avoid voltage changing and high expense inverters for that reason. So I typically use groups of four or five panels together as one unit. I would put four or five to, to sum up to about 135 volts uh, series group on the left side of the house is seen because that's the south is on the left. Okay, so south so of you right here. Yeah, I put four or five panels right there, whatever sums up to 135 or so 40 volts. On both sides, so I'd need to probably trim this tree and then do that on yeah, the I'd, If you could try to trim the tree. Um, yeah, so I could put it over there too. And then you, I put another group of panels up, but keep them separate. Um, so like you know, electrically, or or have like you know, a, panels are are getting to be so cheap now. People are putting them even when there's you know some shade. They're still getting use out of them. Yeah, that makes if sense. If it's raining, uh, do you really care where it is? No. You know, if it's cloudy, yeah. so. If it's I, cheap and you cover, just cover the whole roof with them. That's you know? that was my plan. If it's cheap enough, I'll just cover the whole damn roof and get as much. I as can. I imported uh, about 150 panels and I'm selling them for about 50 cents a watt. Wow. 45 cents a watt. I don't know what they're costing in America now. I know my yeah I know my buddy Fred. So I got to put a show out with Fred. I met him because of Charles as well. Oh. And he gets them from China. Like he's uh. He's trying to figure out because he can get them cheap, and I guess everybody can get them cheap. But it's Sun Electron, Sun Electric, or Sun Electronics. 
in uh, Miami, Florida, oftentimes sells pallets pretty cheap, and they they've been going into closeout bankruptcies and buying them from bankruptcies. I I have some panels from a German company that went bankrupt, and from a Chinese company went bankrupt that I bought through hmm. them. Interesting. Sun Electric, Sun Electronics. You see, this is more just the yard. Is kind of what it what it looks like. So you can see. Oh, this is great. I mean, this is wonderful. I wish I had the time to do that. <laughs> so my farm manager loves yeah. to do this, and I made a deal with him. So we're so we're filling up these. The, all these were these little beds here were made from pallet wood. Oh. And, and then. Um, There's the, wood chips too between. Yeah, There's these no are all wood chips. I got the wood chips for free from uh, a local tree trimmer. There's uh, no, there's no weeds. No, yeah, I'll, we pull them here. They do still grow in the <clears> chip, <throat> but not not much. And then this is what it looks like in the greenhouse. It's actually pretty much all full now. You so, have a greenhouse. Wow. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to replace this. It was some cheap. Uh, yeah, those plastic just wears out from the UV, I think. Yeah, and it's also so all my friends. So being in an urban environment too, I could get away with not as good equipment because it doesn't it doesn't get the severe winds so oh, i okay so, so i had like some tarps i would put down before i did the uh wood chips and the raised beds and those tarps would um that's from a farmer's market those tarps would would be fine for me but when i when i took them out to somewhere um like actual in a rural area they lasted like a month and then the wind just destroyed them oh so it's like a totally oh, different yeah it's a totally different thing for me being in an urban setting versus a rural setting my infrastructure doesn't have to be as like i don't have to really Robust. go bust yeah we but, have terrific winds so we have winds that rip the tile the shingles right off the right off the roof yeah so this is and this is like a little uh lean to we built yeah. so it's our storage area this is like a washing table and so you can see all of our tables that we use. So these are just pallets in the greenhouse. And we, the legs are just cinder blocks that were like, I think they were. This is very impressive. I wonder how much, if you have any personal free time. For me, yeah. Yeah, it looks like a lot of work. I mean, a lot of time. Well, so I held, it was a lot of work at first. And then also my farm manager um, did a lot of it. So when we were first getting started, it was him, me, and also like I have a lot of people that just wanted to help me do it. It's like you know, it, a lot of people when they get into farming, it's okay. What do I? How do I do it all on my own? I'm like, well, you don't. You get some pizza, <laughs> some good weed, and maybe some good booze, and people come over for free food, booze, weed if it's their thing. How interesting! And then you're like, hey, just come and let's have a community thing. You bullshit. You hang out. And so that was a lot of it. So, but the, the, the lean to took a while to build. We shingled it. I don't want to say we, Rich shingled it all with, um, he shingled it all with uh, recycled pallet wood. I drove around to find the pallet wood. This is wood here. <laughs> a lot of it was thrown out. Um, so now it's mainly, most of the work is done. It's like in the winter time, it's a lot less. I mean, everything outdoors is shut down um now it's harvesting which i got a, a young kid that helps me so he, while he while we are harvesting while i'm harvesting 
he is going up and down the stairs. He's dumping it in the raised beds and then whatever. So there's certain things that I don't put in my raised beds just because they don't break down. And that is P. So P is also a very resilient crop. P will grow in anything and the root structures of it don't want to break down. So we. Yeah, so I, I didn't either until I started growing pea shoots, and then uh, the extra peas would just be on the concrete floor, just growing. I mean, without soil or anything, it okay. falls in sand. It grows because it's a it adds nitrogen to the soil. Wait, the peas grow in sand? Yeah, I got tons of sand here. Yeah, I don't know how well they'll grow there, but I would try it. Well, so if I, you have field pea, so I was doing like pea shoots. Pea. Yeah, and so like it will add nitrogen to the soil. So maybe so, some salt water. I wonder. Hmm. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't know about. I don't live anywhere near salt water, so I don't. Uh, I. I have a lot of clay. Clay soil. So my shit's all clay. My dad has sand soil in Toledo. It's kind of weird when you get up to the Great Lakes. You pass over the Maumee River, and everything yeah. goes from like clay soil to sandy soil. Oh. Um, and that, that actually there's weird things. In even in parts of Ohio where it's just clay and then it's sand and it's like two pretty opposite types of soil. Um, so the pea I take to a community garden and then there's also another guy who there's certain spots. So I live in an area called North Linden and there's certain spots where you can. It was like a house a little bit bigger than mine, but it has like an acre and a half of land or something like that. So. Their biggest, their biggest problem is deer. Deer will come and eat all their shit. And they and eat they, the deer. They well, where they are, they're in the city ordinance, so they they cannot shoot deer. So they cannot shoot deer to potentially harvest for food and also to protect their food. So they had to they had to build deer fence, which deer fence is about eight feet tall. Really. And, yeah, like if you put up a good fence to keep deer away, it's we have huge problems with wild pigs, and I'm not allowed to kill them without a license. So yeah, and you don't eat meat either. No, but I'll eat the wild pig. Okay. With okay. My enemy. I get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How, like, what would it take for you to get a license in Japan? Like, what is? Um, I do know we have one guy in the neighborhood. He has a he has a rifle and a pistol. He used a rifle to shoot uh, captured wild pigs and he used a pistol to shoot crows and the police come by every two to three years and check all the neighbors and ask if we think he's crazy or might do something huh so the uh it's a license that has to be uh maintained by um community involvement with the police so what um so is that just for any gun license in japan to, to work or yeah i well this is hunting related but yeah i i'm sure the police have a different set of circumstances but yeah you can't have a gun here that, how does that so i mean for so for like your stages of resilience handgun training um field defense you know so what how what are you guys doing for security? oh for security yeah um that's interesting because we don't really worry about, I mean, I go to the store, I leave the keys in the car. Um, yeah. So it's because you guys are so secluded. Um, of course, part of it is being in Japan, but yeah, it's hard for a criminal to leave 
because they have to take a ferry at some point. Well, that makes so there's no escape route. Um, security. Um, we're talking about human problems, right? Yeah. Um, Probably know your neighbors. You, it's a, it's you live on an island, right? Yeah. We don't even think of security here. We don't even think of it. Um, when I think about the petty crime that occurs in Osaka, what I think of are uh, adolescent kids that steal bicycles. Or I have a friend who went golfing on, on the mainland, and he left 3,000 yen, $30 in his car. And that was missing when he came out. That's probably from an adolescent. Um, I don't want to... I don't want to enter the uh, the uh, the realm of uh, uh, political correctness, but the uh, the the non-Japanese, I hate to say, do most of the crime, and and the Japanese have a different attitude towards them. Here's an example: my wife bought a, a ticket to go to take a ferry to the mainland, and the ticket machine gave the wrong change, yeah. short changed her. So the next time she went there. She told people working there, I, I need more money. I didn't get the right money. And because she is Japanese, they gave her the money she asked for. That's how much trust there is. Do you think that is, I mean, because uh, Japanese culture is very homogeneous. It's also a really big group thing. Um, that's... I think it's from living in close proximity for so long. If you If you do or say something wrong, you will live to regret it. Your mother will live to regret it. Your children will live to regret it. Your family and your friends will live to regret it. When you, the, the legal system is interesting. If you do something wrong, the police want to keep the problem at the local level without going into a court. So what they will do is release you to the custody of your coworkers, family, friends. And if it happens again, they're in trouble. Here's another example. Be um, watching you. Yeah, that's it. Uh, here's another example. When you, if you get in a car with a driver who you know has had a drink, and you know that he gets an accident and has to go to jail for drunk driving, you go with him. Interesting. So there's a there's a there's a sense of uh, I'm responsible whether I like it or not, and it's more of an extended responsibility. Um, the foreigners don't have that feeling. And when the foreigner gets into trouble, um, if the police think that they really did something, they won't let them go unless they unless they uh, admit to it. I mean, it's, it's horrible. You've heard horror stories about that problem. I mean, they can I, hold you for like days. Yeah, That's I've like never heard that, but I'm not I'm not surprised. Um, I know. I mean, the, the the biggest thing I hear about Japan is. That when you go to the big cities, the yakuza run everything. The yakuza, that's that's um, heard a lot of the yakuza. They've become very neutered and weak the last in recent years, although there's some Chinese gangs here now. Interesting. So, but, so Chinese gangs are kind of taking over the. Yeah, the, I think so, and they're rough. Um, the uh, the downtown uh, worst part of the cities. Um, used to be okay to walk around if you're a male 25 years ago nowadays it's not as it's not as good even males uh, worry about walking around certain places um i think it's because of chinese gangs i i see chinese uh gang 
gang members trying to get you to play a game of chance or something with them, or I don't know. They're it, it's gotten bad here, a little, a little bad. Compared a little to, bad. people still think it's great, but compared to what it used to be, it's not as good. And how long have you been? Just a reminder, like how long have you been going back and forth to Japan? I first came here for the first time in 1988, I think. Uh, I had never been here. I just I had a job a job job letter of three suitcases and just came here. Um, had a three year three year visa as a as a research scientist at a company, and then I went back for law school and I worked as a lawyer in Washington D.C. for about 20 years. I could have been that long from '95 to 115. I yeah. But I've been here full time now for three or four years. Years. Um, so what, like the transition for when you transitioned, um, was, I mean, you were, you were doing half and half. Yeah. I was doing about one quarter time every two months I was here. When I talked to you last time, I was traveling here every two months and I would come probably to this island. Well, I was looking for this island then, uh, about two or three weeks out of that two months, I had a rail pass. I mean, I could live here and go to Osaka every day to work and come back. Interesting. Do you still, pass. do you still like, so what do you do? So like for me, like I, it's all the microgreens that, that funds everything. Um, so the business well, I'm, is doing well, but yeah, also, I'm living on retirement right now. I'm okay. investing in my, elect, my, uh, electrical next generation electric project. And, um, I'm about, as I probably mentioned, I was going to uh, visit a factory and an office building in Shanghai actually last weekend to install my one of my special inventions. And we're getting a couple patents there. Um, and to get that started. And so it was a good, kind of a nice breakthrough. I visited an LED company a couple months ago, and they actually are going to change a lot of their products for me, you know, not for me, but because of me. Yeah. And we're going to do some serious business. And then this virus thing came up and the airplane airline canceled the trip. And, uh, but there's so many opportunities. I'm just right now I'm building tiny houses. Uh, there's a, there's a guy on the Island of uh, the main, uh, the Shikoku, one of the big islands, he, uh, um, you who, uh, runs his own construction company, he wants a tiny house for people to have re- to take rest in while they're during the day when they're working. And my circuits and uh, fit um, remote areas very well. So he wants me to build a tiny house and put my put an air conditioner in there and refrigerator run just by solar panels. So um, I'm in the process of building that. So I, I I'm investing my what money I have left into my projects and went oh, to I, I, I bought a farm and I, I discovered afterwards I've got a, a lot of really nice beachfront property that I can use now for non farm. So I, I just discovered a tremendous uh campground. So you're gonna turn I your potential yeah, I think I think that's a good idea too, man. I think you could get a lot of, I, I think there's just a lot of people that would want to go out and like, 
the fact that you're an expat so okay yeah. I, know I could go there and speak english yeah and i could have a local there to tell me this is how you don't behave do not do <laughs> you know what i mean like tell yeah, yeah, yeah. a cultural a cultural barrier like when i when i went to prague um this is like 10 years ago or nine years ago there's a lot of expats there and this guy quickly just ran down he was like it might have been his company there was a lot there's a lot of american entrepreneurs there and he just kind of broke down okay these are these are what cops you could bribe these are the cops you can't bribe uh people are gonna try to short you change just pay attention to that they're very nice they're pushovers so if you push back at all they'll apologize and give you your money right away but if you let them take you they will take your money and it was like this really like just broke down how the checks the native checks act and like the culture oh. and i think like so if if americans are coming okay i want a, a beach experience or yeah, yeah i went to japan and i stayed on a tiny house on a farm i think i mean i think people would want to do that or even other japanese i don't well I there's a there's a a uh, 45 a 50 mile bicycle path between two of the giant two of the main islands that goes right near me and one of the tributaries of this famous 50 mile bicycle path goes right right uh, right next to my farm in fact my farm is near the terminus of one of the more popular tributaries so right now starting a few years ago bicycle, people from around the world on bicycles come right by so I'm building a hostel for them to stay at. Oh, definitely. And maybe it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I was. Gonna, buy, yeah. I, that's a great idea. There was, there's a, there's a couple. Um, I saw their TEDx chat. They, they do like a bike path farmers market. Oh, really? I thought it, I thought it was a good idea, and then I wanted to have it on the podcast, and they kind of blew me off. So that, that's another idea. So if you have vegetables there, you set up a farm stand on the farmers, like on the bike path. And you well, can, we, we have fruit. I mean, fruits are nice. I mean, it's something you could eat right there instead of absolutely. having to carry a lot back with you as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I could see, well, we're keeping all of our old jars. I could see selling olives in little jars. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. I think any, like, I'm not sure. Do they have like canning laws that food laws there? Like what did the, <laughs> the cottage food stuff there? Or is it all pretty open? Like that's what I was curious it, I tell you, I, we have a lot more personal freedom here than in America. Um, yeah. My wife has been uh, selling goat milk. Wow. Yeah, you have yeah. to, to sell goat milk, milk. You have to do it in a, I mean, even cow. Well, raw she cow she milk. pasteurizes everything. Scary. Yeah. You, she, a lot of people, what they do is they like, it's, it's not necessarily pasteurized with the cow milk here. They'll freeze it. They put it in a freezer. Oh. That's another way to do it. Okay. And then it doesn't like you still get some because when you pasteurize it, I guess you kill good bacteria too. So, so. yeah, I'll, I'll figure out what what they do. I don't drink, I don't really drink milk, um, but my friend in a dairy share, and oh. so because it's illegal to to sell raw milk, but it's legal to be in a dairy share where you own a part of a cow, and because you own oh. part of a cow, you get part of the milk. And so that's that's the way around it in Ohio. Um, Japan, I, if if they don't care if you can sell. Well, no, there there's tons of laws here. In fact, you cannot even make your own beer. What? But people do it. Oh yeah. Okay. So is it is it like 
in Portugal, like we look the other way type of deal? Well, Japan is not a country of laws. Um, if you if you mean well and you do your best and something happens and you're sorry about it and you're going to try to rectify the situation, you're okay. Um, I've done things where I, I've broken an air pipe went down, one underneath us. I broke some plumbing that the, the county put in. If this is America, I might have to show up to a court or something. Instead, I called up someone and uh, the local government guy came by and the plumber and the three of us fixed it within a few hours. So it's just a lot less bureaucracy. Yeah. I, I was listening to one of your broadcasts where you were, someone was lamenting the, uh, the, the city government doesn't really support you. Um, the government here is so supportive. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Even my electric project, like the mayor is saying over in that hill, like there's two houses going to go in next October. And what can I do to help get your electricity in there? Oh, that's awesome. That's the kind of stuff. Here you would have to pay a bill. You'd have to get some permits. You got to grease the wheel the whole way. Um, we, we got no problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know we what I mean? No America, too. though, you got to pay this guy. Then you got to pay that guy. Well, you want to open a restaurant? Well, hey, listen, yeah. you got to pay us. You got to pay us this amount of money just for your license. Then you got to, everybody's got to come in. The fire marshal has to come in. This guy's got to come in. This guy's got to come in. I think part of that's we'd have the same problem in Tokyo. I think part of that is just the urbanization. Yeah. Yeah. I think like for me, because of the area I'm in, like I'm a hero. Yeah. Like cause oh he's doing... you're in the city limits. Yeah, but as soon as they want to bulldoze this area and build condos, I'm no longer a hero of public enemy number one. So it's like I almost like China. Yeah, I would say so. We're not that I mean, I don't think we're that People are like, oh, they're trying to make America socialist. It's like, well, we got a centralized bank. We're pretty socialism pretty... for the rich or socialism for the big corporations. Yeah, that's that's what it is, and it's it's not. Um, I mean, you know, you can find your own freedom. Like it, it, it feels good. I, I'm, I'm, I pinch myself every day that I pulled it off, Marvin. That I don't have to go to a cube anymore, and I don't have to like it. The, you know, it was a big. The biggest shift for me, it probably took two months for like my brain to reset. And it's like, hey, oh. your best 40 hours a week are yours now. And it, and it, like that shift to like trying to do as much as I could in my free time when I was working the nine to six. Oh. Um, well, nine to five, I guess I'd say, because in your lunch break, you know, you try to make the most of that too. Like, yeah. I'll do this, Aaron. I'll do that, Aaron. And, um, you know, it, it once it was, okay, this is my time. I'm making the most of my time. What am I doing with my time? And then it's, you know, I, I take things back to the drawing board. I mean, obviously, every year I'm looking at this guy. Like, okay, what, what do I want to focus on? Emergency, money. So money, I need to, I started saving more money, but I think oh. definitely gold and silver i definitely need cash since there is a war on cash um but ultimately yeah this is the goal let's create a credit union let's i looked that up as soon as i saw this i'd love to find someone who'd like to work on it i've asked people who uh it's only two hundred fifty thousand dollars to start it how much 250 that's all you need in the in the united states 
I looked it up as soon as I saw this list of yours. I was like, that's all we need. Can someone from outside the area be a member of your credit union? I think so. I mean, I think I like so. to be a member. I like to join. <laughs> I think you have to, ha you'd have to have an address, but if it was my credit union, I would say, uh, I would, I would I say, I can address there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's can so your house. Can I use your yeah. house? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, it's a small house, but we were cozy. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think Charles said that too. Charles said, Drew, you know, you could probably go and find some older people with money and you could start a credit union. And I was like, I, I probably could, but that's like, it's also like, okay, where am I at on the to-do list? So, you know, let's get, let's get well, this. This is up. a community, community event. So maybe a yeah. friend of yours might want to do it. Yeah. Well, I also think so, you know, being with like the Hoteps and the Hotep Nation, which is, uh, oh, it's like largely, I mean, it originally was like originally just pretty much black pe American black people. And then it like, it's kind of expanded. Now it's kind of everybody, a lot of white people like me seem to have like Scots Irish last names like me, except for one guy in the group who's, who's French, but he's from Baton Rouge. So he's, I mean, him and I oh. both, uh, him and I both caught and killed a squirrel and butchered it and ate it. So, you know, so it's like we have that in common. But I think like collectively, even if it's like just a group of friends, it's like, OK, how do we I mean, so I mean, not just not just this and something else. I, I think I'm going to push you to add to the list. Yeah, what's that? Uh, local Internet, like maybe a mesh mesh network. Ah. Where's uh, is there uh communication here? Uh, no, is this that's missing? Is this oh my gosh, that that's got to be. Let me add. I wonder if I've added that. It's oh, missing. Yeah, communication local internet's a big deal. Yeah, and I would say, and if so, we need to send it over to Charles so he can repost it in a blog. You know, um, I thank. That's a great, great uh, point. Um, I've been. I've had a, a few PhD communication experts stay at my place, and we've had conversations about this. In fact, one of us, one of them, built a repeater to go out to my farm from here, which is yeah. around the corner. How many acres do you have, by the way? Um, the farm, I think, is four or five acres. Oh, that's perfect. There's about a half acre here for a garden front across the street from my house. Perfect. And the rest of you is it just olive trees, and then. Uh... Asian pears, you got Asian pears. Those are actually cool. I do. I have do the about best. seven of them. Seven those are trees. So if anybody's never had an Asian pear, go get a oh, fresh they're, pear. It they're is. very, they're hard to grow though. Are they? For some reason, uh, they seem to fall off the trees. Maybe the trees need to be older. That they've been, they're pretty big. I mean, they're like, you know, they're pretty big trees. I don't. It takes a while. I think it takes like seven years or. It's been five years now, so yeah, it takes seven I, years. Like my, actually, just last year, I found about three or four for the first time. So they're going to come in, maybe. Yeah, they're, they're not that easy. I'll send you a couple. Uh, I'll send you a couple documentaries. I got like permaculture orchard. Um, it's this guy in France, and he's growing all this stuff, and he's. Uh, what do you think about uh, aquaponics? Would that I, be considering the space you have in the city? Wouldn't aquaponics make sense? Not necessarily. And so, so this is what I say to a lot of people. So I have this conversation a lot at the farmer's market. I think for, I'm a soil guy. I mean, I'm, 
I'm a, I'm a soil guy. Like I, I think food grown in soil tastes best. So because I'm doing it commercially, I want my stuff to, to sell. And it's maybe I'm selling it to restaurants now. I know a guy who does aquaponics at my farmer's market. He oh. does, um, he does, uh, you know, he does greens. He does, and he does shrimp. He does, oh, he uh, does shrimp. Yeah, he does salmon, which farm salmon doesn't taste that. It it still tastes good, but it's not tilapia. Farm tilapia is typically better. Um, when it like versus like wild tilapia, you know what I mean? Wild, wild and farmed, and the salmon. People shit all over farm salmon, but it's if you had to farm something for food. It's better than it's better than chicken. I mean, you know. I think so. Yeah, I I would say so. Chicken doesn't really have flavor. Chicken's not really a, a meat animal, for, I think, for resilience. I think it is for eggs, for sure. I mean, if you want to get great proteins, ducks, yeah. too. I really like ducks. I don't, I've never owned them, but I just like ducks. I like the noises ducks. they make. I like watching them. Um, if you want to do meat, a lot of people do quail. But quail is a very oh. domesticated animal. And at this point, you can't really let it be wild. It's in a cage. It's... You can have the quail eggs. They quit laying. They they start laying eggs at like six months old, oh. um, but they're the little eggs. So I mean, but again, there's not. If you're if, if you're if you're trying to if you're trying to grow food for resilience versus grow food for a business, it's yeah. it. I think it's completely different. Um, I think you can. There's a way to do it. I think in the grand scheme of things. Yeah uh if it's if you know it's like hey i get well, your clients make the decisions for you correct and also like i'm taking stuff out and i'm i'm hustling it like i gotta go i gotta walk in cooler um that i mean so that i mean my needs for solar would be my walk-in cooler my which it's basically just a hot wired ac unit i use a cool bot and it's in a and it's in a, oh. a trailer that's actually um actually in this photo let me see actually i might not have it in the photo at all is it in the photo let me take a look no i don't have any photos at all so let me show you where it's at so the cool bot is something you add to a, to a, a normal air conditioner room yeah room. yeah okay i'm familiar with that yeah so it's 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 uh it's hillbilly ingenuity um so my it, it's back here it's behind my car so it's my car okay back there it's in between the houses but it's um it's hillbilly ingenuity i mean it, you basically it tricks it and then we have a heater yeah. in for the summer time or for the winter time and then the heater will kick on and once it gets down to like 33 degrees i have it and it will run oh. until 37 and then the the area I think that's really cool i i studied that patent when it came out probably 10 years ago or so it's easy to build though. My my yeah, buddy yeah. helped me install. He owns a brewery. He's like, I could come up with this my own. I've been messing with yeah. since I was a little kid. Oh really? No, not me. My buddy. I oh. I've not done any of that stuff. No, I I I'm pretty good. If I have a computer, I could put some software on it. I just figured out how I could put them together and build them. I like to meet your buddy and talk to him about what to do. Um, for your own house, uh, I suggest you can. Well, there's two themes. One is what do you what do you well three things. One one theme is for resilience. Um, you want to use the utility to the extent it's cheap and easy. Yeah. And then your own energy, in particular solar, is there for 
lowering their costs and providing alternatives if and when you want alternatives or if you have to have, there's no more, no more utility available. And the, uh, one theme, another theme is that modifying your, your behavior, for example, you could you could run a, an air, a, a, a clothes dryer or a clothes washer pretty much directly from solar, almost directly from solar, if the sun's shining. And that electricity, now you don't, you know, you could save money if you do it now, even with the utility. Or if there is no utility in the future, you could just wait until the sunshine comes and doing it. Um, using a, a crock pot cooking, even when it's raining, it should it should work. Using if you've got you know five thousand dollars worth of solar panels on your roof, it's pretty pretty trivial. Um, so it's it, you need to go into the specifics of the situation, but these are themes. Yeah. I think for the average person, like I, I definitely need it. I definitely want to get it just because it's like whatever I can do to make my. Do you my have upper. an induction heater? I mean, uh, one of these little stove sto uh, burners that you have to put a steel on it and it heats the steel up. Uh, -uh. I don't have any. You've heard of these, right? IH I've, I've heard of them. Yeah. An IH stove will take the uh, the poisonous AC, convert it to DC, then make a. A low frequency radio, basically like a radio wave, hundred thousand hertz. It converts it into a radio wave, basically. So you can connect that directly to solar panels because there's no mechanical switch. So that'd you can be run right off the solar my, without anything, without a transistor. So that would be like for my central air. I could run my central. No, air. no, for for cooking. Oh, for cooking. My apologies. Yeah, you could have electronic cooking when it's when it's sunny out. Um, as an example of something you could do, without spending anything more than buying solar panels 30 percent in japan and america 30 percent of your home energy is for hot water now people talk about thermal thermal electric you put these panels on your house the vacuum type are pretty efficient but they still cost quite a bit and they have to be maintained and you can't match the energy with the need. In, this, in the wintertime, there's not enough. They use propane backups. In the summer, there's more than what you need. If you, instead of using thermal solar, use electric solar, um, you can blend that with utility easily. In the summer, when you have too much, you can use it for other things, such as air conditioning. In the winter, you can easily add utility with a switch. Hmm. Um, so I um, just looking at that 30%, that's the first thing I get. I, I went after. So all of my hot water ever since I've been here has been from solar panels. And uh, I use. Well, my water heater is actually already electric. So that'd be a pretty easy. Oh, my goodness. Your water heater is electric now? Yeah. The only well, thing that, that that's gas. That's trivial. That, that's actually the lowest hang, hanging fruit, actually. Yeah. Yeah. My bigger concern is my grow room in the winter time or even in ah. the summer time. Um and I'm I'm trying to switch over to LED lights. So we're we just bought some lights to trial oh. right now. I'm using these, you know, very poopy shop lights. So my grow yes. lights are just shop lights, they're just T8 shop lights. Yes. And they go bad quite a bit. So I can't see them buying and wait, the LED? No, no, the traditional. House. Oh, traditional grow light. Yeah, yeah, the traditional. Just they're just shop lights that I'm using. Um, actually, I think I got a photo. 
How often do they go bad? I'm wondering if your voltage is too high or something. I think it's the cheap Home Depot or Lowe's lights, to okay. be honest. I don't it it could be um it definitely could be, but Rich, um, who works for me, he's actually he's he's pretty good with this stuff. Oh, uh, he's got it under control. That's good. Yeah, he's well, he's good with the electric aspect, but that's why we're we're. I love know, to talk to him sometime. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he he's he's kind of like uh self. He worked with an electrician for a while. He's mm-hmm. not a certified electrician, but he can do probably better electric work than most of them. Like, there's so many houses that are redone here. Um, and when they, let's see, I'm just trying to see if I can find, I actually don't have anything on my Instagram of the lights. Let me see if I can find it on my, uh, farm site. Um, but so he, like when he moved in, he, he, op- like we were right rerunning some, one of the circuits in the grow, grow room went bad, um, pretty quickly. And like, it could have set the house on fire gone bad oh, and so and like another friend of mine who actually has one of the community gardens that i dump the pee at when they read you know, i have a i have a friend who's doing uh led lighting for fat for indoor farms okay so here we go oh okay so these are just kind of standard so these are actually nicer so these are these aren't the standard um so the ones i mainly use are these down here yeah. So these are really nice. These haven't gone bad at all. I paid a little bit extra money. For... No, they were on sale because they were getting closed out. These are the ones that go bad. The the T8, they're like 24-inch T8 lights. Um, but we're thinking if we do have the LEDs and they do work, we can actually put these lights closer to the, the plants. And then we don't yeah. have to worry about the heat. Um, oh, okay. So that that's kind of what we're doing. Um, that's me in a video from a while ago. It's an article that was wrote about me. So that's so that's kind of um, those are so those are the lights that I'm 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 trying to do. I'm trying to see if I have anything of the cooler. I don't think so. I'm not big on uh, not big on social media these days, Marvin. I'm like trying to. It's been hard to get back into the podcast because it's like. Okay, uh, all I was trying to figure out before was, okay, how do I get freedom in my life? And now it's like, okay, so now I have freedom in my life, but I really like my privacy. But I also like right. doing podcasts, but how do I keep my privacy and keep doing Yeah, there's podcasts? a multifactorial juggling act here. Yeah, and I think you said the same thing, though, because you're like, I need to promote what I'm doing more, but I don't. It's like well, my life. I mean, there, there's a few people like Charles Hugh Smith who are real philosophers, real thinkers, yeah. and can have a career or, or, or life of noticing stuff and blogging about it for the rest of us. Yeah. They're real gems. But they're most of the people that, that, that blog are confusing thoughts with action. Yeah. And they're a waste of time and and I, I don't re- I mean, I, I respect Charles very much because of his special role. There's only a few guys like him in the whole world I can think of. Yeah, and he's but, a, he's a contractor too. Like he was a blue collar yeah. guy, and he maybe still that's why he's 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 not full of crap, you know. Yeah, and he and he's not he's not just hard leaning anything. Like you really can't put yeah. him in a box. Like he's my point is you have to yeah. 
you know, doing something is, is everything. Yeah. And if you do something and then you talk about, like, you show me your gardens, that means something. Yeah. And, but if you spend, but if you really focus on what's important, you're not, the really good people that are really doing good stuff, they're, they're not on the media. No. Media no, people are on the media. Yeah. It's people, like politicians versus real people. They're just basically whatever you see on TV, it's it's drug companies for the most part or that are funding most news. So what are we going to are they really going to run stories about kids being overprescribed? Adam Curry was just on uh, the Joe Rogan experience. He does a show. With this guy. He actually does a show you'd probably like with uh, this guy, John C. Deborah called uh, No Agenda. And they'll go through the media and they, they'll play clips. And speaking of Joe Rogan, I mean, this is out of my. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything wrong here, but yeah, speaking yeah. of Joe Rogan, I think of you as you could be a Joe Rogan of agriculture or independent living or something like that. Entrepreneurship. I, I focus on that. Yeah, like I. I think that's that is kind of the the goal of the show now. I think it's like. Okay, now that I am free, right? I'm not completely free. Like, if I don't pay my property taxes, the state comes and takes my house. So, but you know, now that I'm I'm freer in our in this society, and I and I and I like Ohio. Um, I'll probably live here for a while. Um, but I don't know. I might come up to Japan and decide that's where, where I should move out there, Marvin. But hey, wait uh, a minute! Stop! <laughs> stop right there. Was that just an idle thought? Because there's tons of opportunity here. Yeah, you know, I think I, I'm happy where I'm at now. It's kind of weird. So this is kind of my thoughts. So I just buried my last grandparent in November. And my grandparents kept me in Ohio, for sure. I was so close to them growing up. The first year I lost, the first year I was doing this business, I lost my first grandmother. Huh. Then the next year it was my grandfather who like helped me with the house. And it's like, I spent most of my time. And then last year was his ex-wife. And then my grandmother's ex-husband, who's my grandfather, he's, he's had dementia for years and he hasn't recognized me for probably six years. So to me, it's like, he's already gone. Like, and it's, it's hard for my, my dad and stuff, but are you married? Not yet. No, I got a girlfriend, but I'm not married, but I like her. Um, so, and I'd like to get more serious with her. I'm actually, we've been together for about six months and she oh. thinks she's a similar thinker to me. Like she'll, she'll come to me and like with different yeah. tinfoil hat theories that are actually pretty logical. <laughs> like she's really into, and she looks at things that I don't look at cause she's a woman and she, sure. um, she's, 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 ab- she's mixed too. So like different, different perspective, <laughs> the world, her world experience is going to be different than mine. And so, like, she's she she points like, sex trafficking's huge in Ohio. Like, it's like we have all these major highways. Like, any kind of illegal black market trafficking goes on. Really? Oh sex yeah. Trafficking. Oh yeah. Toledo, Ohio's number one in North America, um, and it's because of seventy five cuts through Ohio, seventy one, seventy. Then you have eighty, ninety. Yeah, I noticed that ninety five on the East Coast is where all the scum seems to drop you know drop its droppings whatever yeah it, like for me like dayton is like i mean also too we're a blue collar we're the rust belt most of us are appalachian too like that moved up here 
And so it's like a it's it's a different it's an interesting place culturally. Um, but my dad is still here. Uh, my dad and stepmom are still here. Once they move, they're, they they want to move to Florida. Um, my my mom and stepdad already moved out west, and they're they moved to New Mexico, and they love it out there. So it's like it, I I still have family here, but now yeah. it's like the family's starting to kind of disperse. You don't see them like, very often anywhere. No, no, not anymore. But I'm still really like I still see my dad and stepmom quite a bit. So, but I think once they move to Florida, yeah. um, you're not I like I like Columbus. I think I can, you know, I could probably I'll probably run for like my ward or something here because I like. Oh, good. I want to kind of carve out my area because nobody gives a shit about where I live. Like we've we've rescued my buddy and I have probably rescued 40, 40 plus animals. It's mainly him, but I know I've helped him rescue about twenty seven. And then outside oh. of that, it's just because it's like a poor area, so people don't care about the people here. Those people here, they get animals. They don't care about the animals, or people dump their animals here. Sure. So, like, I'm, my pit bull I found in the alley. So it's like, you know, you I think. What you want. Yeah, I think for me, it's like I see a, an opportunity to make a difference in my community here, and I think I'm gonna ride it out until um, the real estate prices just continue to get stupid here. And then, so, if I can grab a couple properties, cash flow them with small scale farming. That way I don't have to get a big, big commercial space and then get a little bit of, you know, political involvement. Not too much, but uh, it's like, look, I'm. what are you going to say to me? Like, I'm the urban farmer. I moved in the area and everybody thought was scary. A lot of my friends don't want to come to my house unless they have their gun on them. Well, I'd like to learn more about your urban farming. I'm, I'm going to spend more time on your broadcast. podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to you again. And, uh, yeah. We've been talking for almost an hour and a half and it's flown by. There's so many more. Qu- I, I want to dive deep still into all these, like um, all this. I'm, um, trying to, I'm putting that into a website. I, I'm looking for another person who, who knows PHP programming. Okay. Uh, particularly Laravel. Someone, I, the, the male guys here, I need to. Oh, you can go see them if you want. Yeah. That's all right. My wife's getting them now. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but I'd like to uh, dive into this again sometime. Oh, absolutely. Like and, I'd like, uh, I'd like maybe to talk. We can talk about communication and electrical. Communication. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So, but I think it was good to kind of catch up and. Oh yeah, thank you. Tell you, tell you about this progress. Uh, water. I do use reverse osmosis filter. Um, I don't do it for my plants um that's it i mean eventually i might or i might use a different filter to pull out the chlorine and fluoride and all that bullshit uh i do have a huge library of ebooks and like google drive but i'm trying to get away from google they're pretty yeah i don't know i don't i don't they they just have data i mean they take so much of your data um medical services i think I do have enough first aid stuff here. I do have basic first aid training. I was a lifeguard. Um, I actually do have contact with a local nurse. I have a buddy that's a nurse, and we were actually we actually just found out where we can buy bulky antibiotics. So if we need oh, those, really, yeah. Um, I bought a bunch. I bought bulk antibiotics, and the guy went out of business. Um, 
but I'm curious to know where you got it because I know people that want to buy some. Yeah, I'll I'll email you that information you. for sure. Um, money, I need to do better. I probably need to get more Bitcoin. Um, now, what is your thoughts on cryptocurrency? I'm kind of curious about that. Well, I, I tried to get some cryptocurrency oh, a year ago or so, and I had to get, wherever I went, I had to give my passport and do all this stuff. It doesn't sound very conf confidential. Well. If you I had to wait two hours to do a transaction. Yeah. Was it during the, What's that all about? Was it during the crazy, the crazy, was this like a couple of years ago during the, the yeah. insanity? Now it's pretty easy to get uh, crypto. Um, it is? Buddy, yeah. My, is it? my buddy, Hotep Jesus, he's actually got a site. Um, it's like CoinBits app. It's You can actually set it up so you... I've had a lot of issues with the accounts. I haven't really fucked with it. I usually get stuff through Uphold. So I use a service called Uphold. Um, but I, I don't specialize in that. The world so, is so big. Um, most, it seems like more, that seems to be the biggest, most people seem to spend a lot of their time and energy discussing, thinking about finance, your finances. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I'd rather focus on uh, inventing things, circuits, and 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 ground. You know, soil. And water. So do you think? Uh, I mean, I try to live my life like my grandfather would if he was younger. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm thinking. There are more and more people wanting to do that. So what you're? Um, Silver and you gold. Know, I think yeah, getting back into that or. I mean, creating a local currency. Do you guys have that there? Have you guys have you? Well, we've talked about it. Um, I've learned that Japan had more local currencies than anywhere else, and I looked around, and the reason they have so many is because people set up systems to take care of old people. Your old, like, for example, I'll I'll I will take care of your old your your parents, and you give me credit. And then when I need to be taken care of, you'll take care of me. That kind of currency. Yeah. Yeah. So that government I mean, encourages that. As they should. <laughs> yeah, as they should. Um, yeah. I think the only reason why we don't is because they have that uh, that weapon the United States loves to use called the IRS. Because um, it's more of a weapon than anything else. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm big on bartering. I'm a huge barter. I barter. My favorite thing about farmers markets is bartering, like because I, I make enough money, um, I make enough money from the restaurant sales. Um, but if I could barter for some meat, if I can barter for some good cakes, honey, uh, soap, whatever I can barter for, I do. Um, my friend, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and, or like my friend Dodubes, he does, he makes organic handmade soaps. Him and his wife do Lola and Doe. I'm a I'm an affiliate for that. I bought some of the they got like the charcoal detox stuff. It was like these huge bars of soap. Um, but I I like I mean I like bartering and I actually love to encourage bartering. At farmers markets, we just started doing a winter farmers market. This guy, the pie man, he's like my farmers market dad. Tom, we can we can do bartering with uh, energy. That'd be um, awesome. Actually, that's a good idea. That's one of the applications of what I of my system. 
so you can provide energy to your neighbors. For example, when the sun is shining, you don't need all that energy. You can uh, send it to your neighbor's house, and they can use it for air conditioning or for water heating. And as long as you keep track of it, um, you know, you can get credit that way. Yeah, you could probably just get a meter that you send to different people, right? You have different meters for different people. Yeah, um, all these take work. Um, I'm looking for always looking for people to partner with. That's why yeah. I'd like to sure talk to your electronics friend. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, well, Maybe Jay, I could talk to him sometime the next time. Yeah, so the the one guy this afterwards. The one guy that just hustles. So he owns a restaurant I sell to, and it's also a brewery. And I love this guy so much. We've known each other since we were like 17. We worked at this, uh, we were working class kids. We were working at this high-end athletic club in Columbus. And we both thought we wanted to be doctors and we both became entrepreneurs. But Jay, like he was starting this, uh, he was starting his brewery because like breweries took off in Ohio. Um, it, it, for a while there, there was just like, uh, Great Lakes Brewery, which was Ohio's brewery. And then like all these little microbreweries popped up. It just became this culture of good craft beer. Everybody wanted craft beer and I was really into it. And then I got, got pretty fat and just beer. I don't like beer anymore. Um, there's very few things I do. I, I still like to drink too much. I'm trying to work on that. But there's a lot of things. But now it's like I'm just getting older and it's like the next day. It's like I'm I want to feel good. Like, and I want to be know that I can get shit done. Um, so but Jay, like he was he was one of the original bre new breweries coming out when he when he started this. And he was going to pay a guy to come over from Anheuser Bush. And he even made like he custom made all these uh, microbrewery tanks that he makes his beer with. And so he just kind of, he's just kind of been one of those dudes that just is like, well. He has the uh, background to do aqua aquaponics, I would think. I, he would do it for fun. I think he's a dude. He's getting into rental properties now. Um, him and I have been talking about that. But he's he's my age. And he um, he's the guy that helped me change out my last AC unit in my walk-in cooler. And he was just like, he he's like man i've been wanting to see one of these cool bots because he's like i couldn't do it probably for my main cooler because we go in and out of there too much but for my beer cooler i could probably save a lot of money doing that so he's like once that compressor goes out i'm just going to put an ac unit because you can even take like an ac unit and stick it in like a traditional walk-in cooler and yeah. have it running with because a compressor in like a, a walk-in cooler is like three grand so if you yeah could, the key like, is these these uh Lowe's Home Depot air conditioners, they, they make them a million a day. Yeah, they're not it's very like good. Down. That's where you want to buy your stuff. Like here in Japan, the air conditioner, the heat pumps, I buy them for $350. Wow. In America, they're a thousand. Wow. Here, they're, they're selling them by the thousands and tens of thousands. And so the price is down. So you huh. want to stay where there's, where there's high, high volume. I gotta so be because I gotta go back. Oh, to my okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um, well, I'll let you get going here. I wanted to actually say because you're looking for people to come out to Japan. Yes, um, we we are in the hobby business of uh, helping people escape from the matrix. We just had a guy from Greece, and we got we found him a job, and uh, we're working on a visa next. That's awesome. Greece so is a pretty visible place. He's a uh, mechanic. 
you said you're really looking for somebody with aquaponics experience right now. Yeah, I don't have money, but I, I have opportunities otherwise. I mean, I can't pay someone, but um, uh, we like to share. You know, we you do what you a place can. Place people to stay, or... stay without paying for the up. You know, room and board. I have lots of that. I'm looking for, in particular, for someone who has um, server PHP software experience to help me with the website for this um, self-resilience scorecard to turn it into a, a user interactive experience to help people find and make their little steps towards freedom and independence out of the matrix. That's excellent. Well, so, and if people want to go about contacting you for that, is the best way to just go to your current website now? Um, probably not. Um, you get too much spam there. It's, um, I would say, uh, I would say this, if you're interested, they could contact you, contact me. Yeah. Contact you. If that's a sample okay. hour at gmail.com. Yeah, please. And I'll vet them. Yeah. 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 And then, uh, and then I'll I'll put you in touch with Marvin if you're worried. There's been a couple guys from uh, from Tokyo who, who want to move out in an area like this. We're helping. Yeah, we're we're always trying. To, there's a great opportunity in Japan. That's excellent. Well, Marvin, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for giving me an hour and a half of your time. Um, sorry, well, thanks for pitch, you're telling yeah. me about your what's going on over there and helping me uh, focus by reviewing what's important. Oh, not a problem, man. I it, it was my pleasure because I needed this review as well. And uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in and looking forward to bringing you guys more shows soon. All right, man. Thank you.